0: on today's episode of locked on canucks why the canucks should honor ryan kessler once he retires the unsung heroes that we all forget about in canucks past and who are the players in the world juniors canucks prospects that we should be keeping an eye for this is locked on canucks and it starts now you locked on Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Locked On Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. I'm your host, Justin Pooney. I hope you guys are doing well. I'm back. I had a little bit of a vacation. We traveled up to the Okanagan, Kelowna. Spent a couple of days up there. Tried to get my tan on, enjoy the lake, and just kind of escaped from the sports world for a couple of days. But there was a lot of news that dropped while I was away. Of course, Jonathan Huberto signed a brand new extension with the Calgary Flames. Mackenzie Wieger as well. So it looks like the Calgary Flames will be relevant. Will they be as good as last year? We'll, we'll have to wait and see. But this is not a Calgary Flame show. This is Locked On Canucks. And in Canucks, line, there was some news that did drop. Ryan Kessler was in the news for Canucks fans, which I will get on in a second. We're going to continue on. I did the greatest Canucks, my top five Canucks of all time, the last episode. Today, I'm going to go into some unsung heroes that we kind of forget about and just how much of an impact they had with the Canucks organization. And finally, the World Juniors began in Edmonton, the Summer World Junior Championships. So I'm going to give you guys three prospects of the Canucks that are will be playing in that tournament and what we should look for from those three prospects. But first, of course, we're going to talk about number 17, RK17, Ryan Kessler, who, of course, over the past weekend um, posted a comment under Kessler's Instagram post of him scoring against Carey Price, basically saying that... The, he should sign a one-day contract to fully retire with the Canucks. And Kessel responded to call the Canucks. Let's go. Um, so that kind of popped off on social media. And I kind of put a tweet out there saying, you know, he does deserve to get honored by the Vancouver Canucks because, as I said before, he's one of the greatest Canucks who ever played for this franchise. And then a lot of people were like, well, he wanted to trade. He requested out. He did this. He didn't want to be here. He was surly with the media. He wasn't a nice guy. Well, Ryan Kessler was not a nice guy. On the ice or off the ice. But on the ice, that's what made him such a dominant player at his peak. Where he scored 41 goals. Won the Selke Trophy. Was the motor of that Canucks franchise for those years. Yes, Henrik and Daniel City were the best players and the leaders. But Ryan Kessler was the emotional leader and the engine of the Vancouver Canucks. Ryan Kessler For whatever people want to say about him off the ice, on the ice was a dominant force. Canucks don't make it to the Stanley Cup Finals without Ryan Kessler. Canucks don't come close to winning back-to-back president's trophies without Ryan Kessler. So that argument there is flawed. People were like, well, he wanted out. Well, Roberto Luongo wanted out. Pavel Bure wanted out. Pavel Bure, once he got into the Hockey Hall of Fame, got his number retired by the Vancouver Canucks. Roberto Luongo, we all know, will get his number retired by the Vancouver Canucks. Sure, sure enough, it's, it's going to happen, whether you like it or not. Roberto Luongo's number one is going to be in the rafters. And somebody tweeted at me about that. Well, Luongo's not honored. Well, I'm not. I'm already given the fact that Luongo will be honored by the organization because if they don't, if they don't honor him, it's one of the dumbest things they could ever, dumbest mistakes they could ever make. So the Canucks aren't that stupid to not honor Roberto Luongo. But Ryan Kessler. You cannot tell the story of this franchise without talking about Ryan Kessler in 2011 playoff series against Nashville. Now I'm not saying that he should get his number 17 retired. I'm not saying that, but he certainly deserves to be in the ring of honor with the guy likes of Alex Burroughs, Kirk McLean, Thomas Kredin, Orlando Kernenbach, Matthias Olin, Harold Sneps, right? Kessler, you know, played 665 career games with the Vancouver Canucks, scored by a 10-year span, scored 182 goals, 393 points, surpassed the 70-point plateau twice, was a three-time self finest, of course, one-time winner. And like I mentioned, he was a catalyst of the Canucks during that time where they were the best team in the NHL. They were cup contenders, and it was the most sustained period of success they had in this organization when i look at this and when i say kevin biexa you know his good friend during those things said before you know during before COVID started he was planning on signing a one-day contract to retire with the vancouver canucks it absolutely should be a thing because these players were integral parts of this franchise and the franchise should reciprocate that and remember their past because let's face it the immediate past has not been that good ever since kessler and biexa left vancouver this franchise has not been the same. So these guys came up, these guys not only just came here, these guys were products of the Canucks organization. They came up through the minor leagues, through the Manitoba Moose. They came under Mark Crawford. They started with Elaine Mino. They were the found the part of the foundation that was the greatest Canucks team that ever lived. Whether you like it or not, disagree or not, the facts are the facts, Jack. The 2011 Vancouver Canucks were the greatest Canucks team of all time so Ryan Kessler deserves to sign a one-day contract with the Vancouver Canucks Kevin Bieksa deserves to sign a one-day contract to retire as Vancouver Canucks because that's what they were remembered as that's what they should be known as Vancouver Canucks not Anaheim Ducks Vancouver Canucks so when this whole debate took place to me it was kind of like where's the debate there shouldn't be a debate with this at all those two players ryan kessler more specifically won a major award a major nhl award with the vancouver canucks was a draft pick of the vancouver canucks came up to the vancouver canucks just became an all-star with the vancouver canucks he people were debating before that he should be the captain of the vancouver canucks over henrik sedin it was a conversation back then um he does simply put there should be no debate. End of story. Ryan Kessler should deserve to sign a one day contract to retire as a Vancouver Canuck. He re- deserves to be, you know, sign it, uh, you know, be in the ring of honor. And to all those people out there, this is, oh, he requested a trade out. He screwed the Canucks. Well, at that point in time, he was in his contractual obligation. If they were going to trade him and they wanted to trade him, which report there's committed conflicting reports that the Canucks asked to trade him because they wanted to go in a different direction. Um, that he had the right to pick, he had a no trade clause. it was in his contract. I decide where I want to go. That is what a no trade clause is for, even if he requested a trade, former canucks trades have requested a trade. If he requested a trade, it was in his contractual obligation, his contractual right in his contract to say, "Hey, I want to be traded, but I only want to be traded here or here or here. Just so happy he chose Adam. And quite frankly, the Canucks didn't do that bad. They got Jared McCann, they got Nick Benino, they got Lucas Pisa. Now they ended up giving up on Jared McCann and trying to for Eric Good So that's the Canucks' own fault right there with Jim Bennett. Right? They traded Nick Bonino for Brendan Sutter, who, while could be serviceable, was a serviceable player, has never been really healthy and is still battling COVID and has not returned to the ice yet. So the Canucks didn't get fleeced. They don't weren't totally screwed in that Kessler trade, right? Um, so I think it's time for people to just let it go. And I thought people had let it had let it go, uh, letting go of this. When you know, he came back for the Sadin's retirement ceremony, and they cheered him. I thought, all right, it's done, it's buried. Kessler is now beloved once again. Um, but it turns out there are still people that are still hurt with that in the organization, uh, and it just turns out to be that's uh, simply connotation. that you love him, you hate him, there's no in between. Um, I'm on Team Kessler. I've always has. I've always has been. Um, I've always been a Ryan Kessler guy. I love the way he played, the way he showed his emotion. Um, He's unapologetic about it, but quite frankly, he was a beast out there. So when I look at this over this past weekend, finally, and finally, I'm going to just end this point here. Ryan Kessler, Ring of Honor, Canucks, do it. doesn't have to be this year, but eventually he has to be honored by the Canucks organization some way because he is a top 10 Vancouver Canuck of all time, period, and discussion. Don't want to hear it. If you disagree, you can. I do actually want to hear it why you disagree so put it in the comment section below uh, but coming up after the break we're going to continue on with canucks revisionist history um, as you know in my last episode i talked about who my five greatest canucks of all time are but today i'm going to be giving you guys who my unsung heroes are so stick around for that but first i want to talk to you guys about the fine folks at athletic greens Our next partner has a product, like I mentioned, Athletic Greens, that I use every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I needed more energy and I just wanted better gut health. And I was, you know, I didn't want to take pills and vitamins and I wanted something that actually tastes great and wanted to see what the hype was about. I've been using it for a couple months now and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has kind of a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. So what is this stuff? With One delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, one, you are absorbing 75 high quality vitamin, minerals, whole source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all these things. Again, I use it because I will need more energy. I have a busy lifestyle like myself, unfortunately. You need energy throughout the day. It tastes kind of like Hawaiian punch, very fruity, sweet. Um, You know, my family, they're all trying to get on this health kick too. Uh, They're doing a better job than me. And they start taking out that greens, and they love it. Um, I actually was able to travel with it when I came from Toronto back home to BC. Super easy and all of that. Now, The price, it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health. It's cheaper than your cold brew habit, which I'm notoriously for having. It's cheaper than the different supplements all yourself, and you're investing all-in-one nutrition insurance. Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company. In 2020, Athletic Greens purchased carbon credits that support projects protecting old growth rainforests for every purchase. We donate organizations to help nutritious food to kids in need including no hungry kid in the u.s in 2020 athletic greens donated over 1.2 million meals to kids in 2020 right now it's your time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition just one scoop of in a cup of water every day that is it no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you one free year Supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com/slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com/slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Athletic Greens. Okay, we are back. Things Vancouver Canucks. I also forgot to mention. Off the top. I want to thank you guys all for making Lockdown Canucks your first listen of the day. We are free and available to get your podcast service. Also, I'm on Twitter, underscore process sports. Find our show's Twitter at process, excuse me. You can find me on Twitter at underscore process sports. Our show's Twitter at Lockdown Canucks. Please also like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. So, last episode I did, top five Canucks of all time. Of course, Enric Sedin, Daniel Sedin, Roberto Luongo, Pavel Bure, Marcus Nass. Those are the five. Today, what am I going to do? Today, as I promised, I'm going to give you guys my unsung heroes in Canuck's history, guys that were kind of forgotten. Now, I'm not gonna do the guys like Alex Burroughs or you know Yannick Hansen or um, you know, Kevin Biek's of past winners of the Fred J. Hume Award that have been forgotten. Um, because those guys we all remember, those guys, those are all kind of Canucks legends per se. Um, you know, guys like Cliff Ronning as well, who is well known, BC boy. He kind of is more in that different echelon. He's kind of in the 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 Burroughs, Bieksa, Kessler, kind of echelon right there. For me, I'm gonna go to guys that people kind of forget about. Like, oh yeah, he played for the Canucks. Um so I'm gonna start off with the one, the only Brent Sopel. Brent Sopel, who won the Fred J. Hume Award in 2003 2004 played for the Vancouver Canucks for from 1998 to 19, and 1999 to 2003 2004, where he's you know in 2004 was kind of the watermark of his career, where he scored 10 goals at 32 assists in 42 games. He scored had 37 points the year before. When I think of Brent Sopel, yes, many people make fun of his injury where he coughed and picked up a cracker and injured his back, but um. Brent Sopel was a solid, solid defenseman for the Vancouver Canucks who played big minutes under Mark Crawford, who was a guy that, you know, wasn't going to woo you with anything, but he was a sturdy, sturdy defenseman for the Vancouver Canucks. that featured the likes of Matias Olin, Ed Jovanovsky, Brent Sopel, Sammy Salo, who I'm going to get into it after this. Sammy Salo was definitely an unsung hero for the Vancouver Canucks, where let's think with Brent Sopel, just a solid puck-moving defenseman um, that was able to um, just be a calming influence on the back end during those years, and I think a lot of people forget about Brent Sopel. You know, they remember him winning the cups, uh, winning with uh, me, winning a cup with um, the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, but I think it's you know it's time that we remember Brent Sopel um, with his time in Vancouver and that he was a very strong, sturdy defenseman. That's he spent most of his career in Vancouver anyway. So Brent Sopel. Then we're gonna go to another defenseman named Sammy Sallow. Uh, of course, Sammy Salo uh, gave up a lot and dedicated a lot of his career to the Vancouver Canucks and sacrificed a whole lot. Uh, we all know the injury there. You know, He came over to the Canucks in 2002-2003 and spent, you know, uh, 2012 was there. It was almost nine seasons with the Vancouver Canucks. Of course, we know uh, Sammy Salo's shot was ever so booming. You know, just the times where he wouldn't shoot it all the time, and we always get frustrated that he wouldn't shoot. But Sammy Sallow was that guy where he once he was able to, you know, line it up and tee it up, and he would let it go and it would go in. You know, he scored 14 goals back in 06, 07. Uh, a power play guy. Unfortunately, never was really able to stay healthy. Um, always battled injuries. I don't think, I think the most he played for the Canucks uh, in one season was. Uh, his first year, he played 79 games. After that, he played 74, 59, 67, 63, 60, 68, and then 27, 20, and then 69. So he never really played a full season. There's always something going on with him where he was nicked up and injured somehow. But definitely Sammy Salo, again, a power play guy, had a booming shot, and was a guy during those teams that they leaned on. You know, who can remember those? You know, those big goals he scored against? Um, San Jose in the Western Conference finals, where the Canucks power play was just on fire and just lethal. And during that 2011 playoffs, right, he scored three goals, and those three goals were very impactful. So, Sammy Salo is definitely will be remembered as another um great Canuck, not a great Canuck, but just an unsung guy that people kind of forget about and kind of gets lost in the shuffle. So, to me, Sammy Salo does deserve his recognition. Um, another guy during the, another guy from the bit of the past, you know. Rich Sutter. People forget that Rich Sutter played for the Vancouver Canucks from the famed Sutter family. Of course, his brother Daryl is coaching the Van uh the Calgary Flames. You know, he came over from Philadelphia and he, you know, he played a solid role for the Vancouver Canucks before eventually going to St. Louis, where he played for a decent amount. Uh Rich Sutter, you know, was a strong uh player, you know, a strong checking forward who um, you know, played a, a stiff game, a a game predicated to the 80s. Um, so I definitely think that Rich Sutter will be remembered. You know, he won the Fred J. Hume Award in Vancouver. Uh, he won it, what, I believe, three times, or sorry, two times, excuse me, in his four-year stint with the Vancouver Canucks. And we have a guy like Martin Jelena, who, of course, famously um, hurt me and hurt a lot of Canucks fans back in 2004 in Game 7. Sent my... Uh, eight-year-old self into tears, um, scoring the game-winning goal in Game Seven against uh, the Vancouver Canucks uh, with, the, with the Calgary Flames. Of course, Martin Jelina, uh was drafted by the LA Kings, a part of that big deal that happened back in 1988. Just a few days ago, nineteen, a few days ago was the anniversary um, where he was a part of that deal where he was traded from. He was drafted by Edmonton, and then he was played once uh, was. Drafted by L.A., traded to Edmonton, a part of that deal. And then, of course, he went on to eventually bounce on to Quebec and came to Vancouver, where he was a part of the team in Vancouver that, you know, was a deadline acquisition back in uh, 94. Part of that team in 94, they went to the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, he scored 30 goals with the Canucks in 95-96. Scored 35 the next year after that. So people forget that Martan you know, for two seasons was a very prolific goal scorer for the vancouver canucks so martin Jelina gets his flowers from me um and then finally i think one of the guys that i really think was an unsung hero um and for the last few years was definitely a guy whether you love him or hate him i thought um derek dorsett you know was a very unsung hero, a gritty guy team guy he won it twice um and then I think Luke Shen last year was a very good unsung hero. Now, he has the potential to build that more if he stays with Vancouver. But I loved what uh, Luke Shen brought. So, but to tie a bow around it, uh, some of the biggest ones to me would be Mark um, Sammy Sallow, Brent Sopel, and of course, uh, Rich Sutter. So, those are my unsung heroes. I think people kind of forget, that. oh, he played for the Canucks, right? So... Um, that is that we're done with the unsung heroes. After this last break, I'm going to dive into the world juniors and three Canucks prospects that I think we should all be taking a look at. But first I want to talk to you guys about built. If you haven't tried built bar puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of the greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That is right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs. Have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it plus it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to Built.com to snag a box for you and your family. It will be the perfect treat or you can really find a good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself like all built bars the new cookie dough chunk in 100 percent real chocolates that means they're healthy and tasty chocolate covered cookie dough with light fluffy texture so good that's what makes built that's what's great about built excuse me is that they have all their bars made with collagen protein which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits eat something that tastes good and is good for you you are going to love the new chalk cookie dough chunk puffs whether you need a snack or for a snack for your workout, excuse me, or a late night treat, or just need a quick a quick bite. Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar, and grab yourself a Built bar. Special offer: Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15. Okay, we are back. Final segment quickly. World Juniors it's underway after a seven month wait. In Edmonton, after it was just back in Edmonton, after it was postponed in December due to COVID. So, there are a few Canucks that are going to be in the world junior tournament. Um, Yoni Yermo, you know, Jonathan Lekir-Macki, of course, first round pick, Lakrimaki, and Jacob Truscott with the US. So, Yoni Yermo is going to be with Finland, he's 20 years old. He's going to be one of the older guys. I want to see him have a strong a strong tournament. He's a third round pick in 2020. He made his first trip to Vancouver last month to be in the Canucks development camp and left a very good impression by all indications. Um, you know, Chris Higgins did was quoted as saying he's a strong powerful skater with size. He's 6'4". So, in this tournament, I expect him to be as being an older player to be to prove that he is a dominant force in this in this tournament. I expect him to play very well with this Finnish team. And I want to see him, you know, because he's going to be in the, in the Finnish Liga after this. And I want to see him build confidence going into that Finnish season. I want to see him dominate. I want to see him be a physical force out there. And I want to see him play big minutes for Finland. Then, of course, we have Jonathan Leckermannis, who just turned 18. He, of course, was the first-round pick and will be the youngest player on Team Sweden um i'm not gonna expect a whole lot from the youngster again this is a under 20 tournament so there's gonna be the older guys who are gonna get a lot of the shine and luster but i want to see how he plays with those older guys and those bigger players because as i mentioned eventually he's gonna have to make the jump to the nhl so i want to see how he fits in to sweden's plans how they deploy him um you know, the Under-18s World Championships in in April last year, he led the tournament scoring with five goals, 10 assists in six games. And he had a four-point game in the gold medal game, so the kid's clutch. Um, I want to see how, again, playing especially teams like Canada and the U.S., so they're going to play the U.S. in the preliminary rounds. Uh, those heavier teams, how does his body hold up? How can he handle that physical, that physical style game that the North American kids will play? Uh, I want to see how he can... Um, withstand that and how he fits into that so that's what i want to look at for jonathan black and of course jacob truscott who is 20 years old played his way onto this team uh he's a fifth rounder you know he played on a pairing with top prospect luke hughes last year uh, at the university of michigan and they could actually play together in edmonton um chris higgins again when he was talking about it said he was a reliable uh effective defensive player um he's dedicated his game um you know, he played seventeen, he scored seventeen points last year with Michigan. Um, I expect this U.S. team to be very good once again. Uh, I want to see how Jacob Truscott again plays in those high-pressure games because the U.S. will be in those big games. They just always are. So, how does he play in those big moments? And how does he, um, you know, if he is he mistake-prone? Is he, um, you know, is he a, as a driver in force from the back end? How does he play? If he plays a safe, smart game, I think that'll be very key as well. So. Those are my thoughts on the three Canucks prospects looking at the World Juniors that again kicked off today. So we will be continuing to check in on the World Juniors throughout the tournament and how those Canucks prospects are doing. Um, that is all the time we have for today on Locked On Canucks. I want to thank you for making Locked On Canucks your first listen every day. For your second ep- listen, take a listen to Locked On uh, NHL. Excuse me, where Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date and everything in the hockey world, Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute podcast. Take care, guys. Stay safe. And I will talk to you tomorrow.